The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. All right, let's start off by being quite blunt here. What the hell just happened out there? You blink once, the Royals are ahead 4-2 to two in the 8th. You blink twice, they're down 6-4 to four in the 8th. And then ultimately, drop Game 3 against Detroit 7-4. to four. That snaps the 111 straight games in which the Royals had won after leading past the 7th inning. Pretty amazing feat, but, you know, all records are made to be broken. And better now than in October, right? As it's Devo on another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation. The Royals fall now to 68 and 45, still 23 games over 500, which is why you don't hear me shedding any tears over here. Totally fine with me. Royals are 5 and 1 on the stand, took 2 out of 3 from Detroit, who f- improves in this one to 55 and 59. And we're going to talk all about how this was the classic example. You always hear the old baseball adage, well, he pitched better than his line indicated tonight. Edson Volquez did that big time tonight. We'll talk about that and preview all four games against the Angels coming up for this weekend set as well. But first, our player of the game tonight. It looked like it was going to be Edson Volquez there going into the eighth inning. Had retired 13 guys in a row, one earned run in seven innings. Was doing the job. Pitch count, mid-80s. Looked like for sure he'd go eight. Outside chance, even nine. And then... It fell apart, so it ends up not being Volquez. It's Lorenzo Cain tonight. We'll give Locane the player of the game. He's the only Royal with two hits tonight, including his 28th double of the year. Lorenzo scored a run as well. Offensively for the Royals tonight, eh, eh, not great, not bad. Just one of those average nights. I mean, the Royals left six men on base. They went two for nine with runners in scoring position. Did walk four times, though, so that's good. Only struck out three, so, I mean... Not horrible. Didn't do a lot against Daniel Norris, but, you know, not bad considering the Royals had never seen him and he was a lefty. We know it seems to happen with that combination. And the Royals got four off of him and he settled down. Give Norris a lot of credit. The turning point of the game, I thought, was the bottom of the fifth inning. Royals had the lead, four to two. And they have runners at first and second with one out. Ben Zobrist had walked. Lorenzo Kane had singled. So first and second, one out. Hosmer coming up against Norris. You've got a lefty warming up in the Detroit pen. Brad Osmus comes out. Everyone in the ballpark, including myself, thought that was it for Norris. It doesn't seem like very often you see a skipper come out these days and ask a guy and look him in the eyes. They always say, oh, I looked him in the eyes and I knew he still had it. You know, you always get to hear that. You don't hear that too much anymore. You don't see that much anymore. It's a, the manager comes out pretty much, what, nine out of ten times, if not more. The guy's gone. But Osmus, to his credit, Sticks with this boy, and he grounds Eric Hosmer right away. First pitch into the 4-6-3 double play. That's a huge turning point in the game. Royals up by two, have two on with one out, and their hottest hitter up, Eric Hosmer. Didn't get it done there. That's okay. It's baseball. It happens. But that was the turning point in the game, obviously, outside of the you know the eighth inning, you know when the Tigers put four on the board as well. But, I mean, to me, that was a turning point, though, because if the Royals get a big gapper there or a hit, they win this game going away. I firmly believe that. So even so, even though the Royals didn't score any more there with first and second and one out, you know, and that scenario there in the fifth, I still thought the game was over. Seven innings for Volquez and throwing 84 pitches going into that eighth inning. Only one earned run allowed as both Infante and Escobar tried to cover second base in the first inning and didn't really know who was covering. And you know, the big mix up there, the error was charged to Volquez. So that uh, you know run was unearned there in that inning. 
So, I mean, going into the eighth inning, 13 in a row by Volquez. But then the wheels absolutely come off. You got James McCann with a single to start the inning. And that was Mike Moustakis diving to his left. A play that Alcides Escobar probably backhands and throws out McCann, most likely. But Moose doesn't know that. You know, he's diving to make the play. Tipped off his glove, went for a hit. Okay. That was quick. Anthony Ghost, that walk was the one play that really turned that inning around. Runner at first, and nobody out, and then you walk Ghost. That's that's the one that really, really hurt in retrospect. Jose Iglesias, the swinging bun infield single, essentially. He goes about 30 feet. He gets a knock. And at that point, Volquez is less than 10 pitches into the inning. He's still in the 90s. The bases are loaded, but nobody out. The Royals are up two. And you've got Kelvin Herrera. Kelvin, sorry. I'm so used to saying Kelvin. I'm trying to get back. He let us know that it's Kelvin, not Kelvin. So Kelvin Herrera was warming up. Uh, most likely was ready. You could have obviously delayed it for him to be ready, even if he wasn't. You could come out, send Island out the first time, wait about 20 seconds, then bring Yost out. I mean, so the Royals, that's not even part of the equation. He'd been up for uh, at least a couple of minutes, and he could have come in. Yeah, the Royals could have delayed it for him. But with that said, I'm fine with Yost leaving in Volquez, actually. I, I wanted, I'll admit it, I wanted Volquez left in that game. I'm not going to be one of those people who acts like they, hey, Yost made a bad call there. I thought it was the right call. Volquez is pitching a hell of a game. He'd gotten 13 in a row. He's still around 90 pitches. He had a freaking bun infield single, a ground ball that could have been played at shortstop by Escobar and Moose not gotten in the way. Now the walk sucks, but I don't know. You know, him versus Kensler, I feel like Volquez can do damage control and give up one there. So I wasn't, uh, I was okay with it. I know it sounds kind of stupid to say that, but if you've got no Wade Davis, we, we heard Wade Davis's back is quite a bit better, but Yost said probably one more day at least. You've got no Davis, you've got no Hochaver, you've just got, really got, you know, Herrera and Matson. So who's closing tonight? You know, probably Herrera, maybe Matson. I mean, the point is you don't have a ton of guys, quote unquote, short guys. You've got to save, you know, Medlin for tomorrow with Guthrie going. So you didn't have Medlin available. You didn't have Hochaver available. You didn't have Davis available. I guess they had Holland for dying to duh. What the hell is I smoking? <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, I'm trying try to, I'm just trying to ration there. You know, I think it was the right move. I, I still do. So Ian Kensler, of course, makes me and Ned Yost look stupid. Rips the double to left field up the line, scoring two, and then three more hits off Kelvin Herrera. Ned came and gave the hook there to Volquez. Three more hits off Herrera. A couple more runs came in, all charged to Mr. Volquez. And then one more run off of Chris Young, who came out of witness protection. Good to see him. Probably living somewhere in Wyoming the last couple of weeks. Came in in the ninth, gave up one run there. But yeah, the Volquez line was a classic, way better than his line. Seven innings, five earned runs, eight hits, five Ks, two walks. You watch this game, you know how good he threw it tonight. Look at ground outs versus flyouts. 11 ground outs, three flyouts. So he was either striking guys out or getting him on the ground, and there weren't too many balls that were stung tonight either. There wasn't too much good fortune tonight for Volquez. If anything, it was bad luck when you look at that eighth inning. Just one of those nights. No big deal. Volquez still, even though giving up the five runs, ERA still 3-2-7. Nice and pretty there. What do I think of this? Whatever. It's a 2-1 to one series after a sweep, 5-1 and one on the stand. You find a way to split this weekend with the Angels. That's the goal. And you have a 7-3 and three homestand. That's fantastic. 7-3 and three homestand? Yes, please. My goal was 6-4 and four or 7-3. and 6-4 and four should be a near lock. I mean, I'd assume you don't get swept in four at home against the Angels. So, And you got to like the Royals' chances of getting it back to 7-3. and three. One other note, by the way, that Salvador Perez, the MRI, uh, the x-rays came back as clean on you know, his hand injury from last night, although I believe he'll probably be out uh, maybe till Saturday. 
we'll see him again. So the matchups for the Angels, they come in six games over 500, pending the game with Chicago that's currently going on as we speak. So not counting that, the Angels were a game and a half back in the AL West. Four and six, their last 10, so not a particularly hot team right now. Now, the Angels throw Garrett Richards in game one. A pretty nice advantage for the Angels in game one, if you look at just the numbers, obviously. Garrett Richards, 11-9, and 3-5-1. Against Jeremy Guthrie, eight and seven, five eight four. Richard, straight out of OU, former Sooner, first time facing the Royals this season. His last five starts. Listen to these innings for Richards. His last five starts: nine, eight, six and two thirds, seven and a third, and six. So Richards has been doing the job in an ERA of three point four eight in that span. Royals haven't seen him like I said. Ain't going to be easy, especially with no salary. That hurts a little bit. Jeremy Guthrie, meanwhile, did face the Angels earlier this year and threw pretty well. His first outing of the year, actually, back on April 11th at L.A. Guthrie went seven innings, allowed four runs on six hits. Unfortunately, though, for Jeremy, uh, you know, the last handful of games have not been particularly good. Given up 10 or more hits in four straight outings with four runs or more in all those and then seven home runs in his last 29 innings. So Jeremy has been bitten by the home run ball. Over the last handful of outings or so, I do expect, and I know I've been saying this the last couple of outings, I do expect a much better outing. It's going to happen. This stuff has been better for Guthrie. It really has. And there's some people that are laughing at me right now that have the stats, and I, I can read. I know the numbers. I can read them. I'm aware. I'm not a moron. This stuff has been better, though, and that means something. You know, keep him in the, in the deep park of the, you know, deep, deep part of the park. Lots of fly balls to center, let's hope. That's that's the hope. Fingers crossed. Now, game two is Jared Weaver and Danny Duffy. Weaver, 4-8 and eight with a 4-6-9. Duffy, 5-5 five and five with a 4-1-9. The Royals lit Weaver up like a Christmas tree. I love the Royals in this matchup, by the way. Uh, if, if you remember, the velocity was not there for Weaver. He could not get anybody out with his fastball back when he faced the Royals in April. Weaver gave up six runs and four and a third on seven hits against the Royals that day. And like I said, velocity not anywhere near where it's been. And it still wasn't his last start. Uh, last outing was August. 9th. That was his first start since June 20th. So Weaver is fresh off the DL, gave up two runs in five innings of his last outing. The velocity wasn't there, though he did strike out seven because he's got that classic movement. But I think the Royals can get him right for the plucking on Friday. Danny Duffy, the first time seeing the Angels all year. He himself had been really good going into his last outing when he gave up three and a third, three runs against the White Sox. Before that, Duff had gone seven straight outings of six innings or more. I like the Royals real big on Friday. Saturday, right-hander Matt Shoemaker and Johnny Cueto. Shoemaker, 5-8, and 4-3-6. Cueto, 1-1 at 2-0-5. He's coming over to the Royals. Like the Royals big time in this one again. Shoemaker has been bitten big time. We talked about Guthrie getting bit by the long ball. Shoemaker as well. 20 home runs from him this year. So that's a good sign. And he's coming off a seven-run, nine-hit outing against the White Sox in five and two-thirds. So Shoemaker, uh, another quote-unquote right for the plucking candidate coming up on Saturday. Johnny Cueto, you know what he did his last outing. Four hit shutout, eight Ks, no walks against the Tigers. Love the Royals again on Saturday. So tomorrow's iffy to me. I don't know. It's still a toss-up to me. The Royals are the better team. Guthrie, I know it, I know it's a, a gambling degenerate's term, but he is due. Due in a big way. I, I don't know. Are the Royals going to win three of these games? Am I predicting that right now? Uh, Am I calling three out of four? I think I am. 
Hector Santiago on Sunday, the lefty, 7-6, He's been pretty good this year, although not quite as good in recent times. Yardano Ventura is his mound mate. 7-7 seven and seven with a 4-9-7. Now, Santiago back on April the 10th, three runs against the Royals in five and a third. A guy who is the quintessential quality start guy. Usually doesn't go eight, nine innings, seven innings. Usually goes five and two-thirds, six, six and a third. The six-inning, three-run, dreaded quality start type of guy is Santiago. So the Royals will see him in the finale against Ventura. Sunday night baseball, remember? Now, Ventura back on April the 12th, five and two-thirds, two runs on four hits against the Angels. He's coming off, I thought, last night, his most impressive game of the year. Now, hang on before you start rolling your eyes and saying he walked six. Let me hear me out. Ventura, six outstanding innings. Shutout innings, may I add. Only two hits. Did walk six. I thought the strike zone last night was iffy. I thought a couple of those uh, ball fours were strike threes, but whatever. Still struck out eight. And the thing was, the two most important things. Number one, did any run score? No. And there's an asterisk by that. I understand the Royals made some great defensive plays, but Ventura still made the pitches to get those plays made. All right? So it still counts. Second of all, you know, it was his composure. And, And... he didn't get rattled by the strike zone being small at times. He didn't get rattled by six walks. He made big pitches when he had to. Struck out eight. And it was like he knew, it was like he learned how to pitch. It, was, I, I, it felt to me like he was taking a little bit more off his fastball, maybe not going all max effort all the time. Just seemed like he was pitching more in his last outing. So a number of things, you know, encouraged me with Ventura against the Tigers last night. So we're, what the hell? We're going to go ahead and call three out of four on this on this uh, series against the Angels. We're going to call for an 8-2 and two homestand. Is that crazy? Maybe. You know, I'll take the split, but I've got a feeling the Royals find a way to get 3 out of 4. I think they split games 1 and 4, and they take games 2 and 3. That's your prediction. Now, Shane Costa joins us coming up. I talked to him earlier today. We'll post that here in just a few minutes tonight still on Clubhouse Conversation. Former Royals outfielder from 05 to 07, currently now is employed by the Scott Boris Corporation. He'll join us. Hope you can check that out. Hope you heard Lane Adams hopped on with us yesterday, currently at Northwest Arkansas. Of course, had a cup of coffee with the Royals last September. Very good chance he'll be back up in September this year, too, since he is on the 40-man roster. Could be seeing Lane in a few weeks. Great guy. We spoke with him as well. So check those interviews out. Follow us if you would at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, and of course the site here, clubhouseconversation.com. We'll be back with you again soon. Uh, Hopefully a a great weekend of baseball coming up at the K and some more Royals wins. And please, how about a Toronto loss? Ten in a row? Toronto jumped the Yankees now? So now the Royals are competing with Toronto for home field throughout the playoffs. Will they lose again? We'll see. Good night.